Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I am super pumped for this conversation with the one and only John Wineland. John is a master coach in the field of masculine and feminine polarity and how to both be embodied and from a place of embodiment, how to attract and maintain optimal relationships. We had an incredible conversation. I loved his book so much that I actually listened to it three times uh, in preparation for the conversation. We go in great depths into communication, authentic communication and attunement as essential pillars for the depth of relationship. We go into breath work and various breath work techniques one can use to deepen presence and foster connection with others. We also go into nourishing the masculine and the feminine and the three pillars of sacred intimacy. One of my favorite parts is we went into how to call forward and attract your ideal partner. And once you've called them in, how to maintain and and create a container for optimal relationship. We talk about clearing energetic cords, about courting, and about decompression and some of the energetic needs of the masculine. I found it to be a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. I think you guys are going to get a ton of value, and I can't wait for your feedback. Before we get into it, I'm going to give a little shout-out to our amazing sponsors, and then an incredible conversation with the one and only John Wineland. I discovered momentum as I as I talk about drinking as a tool for using drinking instead of for my detriment, for my optimal wellness. And momentum is the definitive longevity shake and supplement. I have been researching on this journey of peak mind, how to optimize my life, my health, what are the supplements that one needs to, to do so. And when I discovered Momentum, I reached out to the founder, Mike, and I said, man, I got to try this. And uh, another guest of the show, Ben Greenfield, basically spoke about it with with flying colors. And I was like, okay, let me check this out. And I did. And it's got NAD+. It's got the highest quality whey protein powder from from cows, uh, literally in Ireland, where they're not exposed to the same sort of GMOs and and pesticides and whatnot that we find across the the U.S. Collagen, omega threes, sun fiber, lion's made, hydrolonic acid, vitamins D three and K two, L glutamine. TMG, B-complex vitamins, cordyceps, essential minerals, and magnesium. These are some of the most essential ingredients you can find, and Momentum has the highest quality sourcing I have come across in the entire industry. And not only that, they package it together in a single delicious shake, which has now become a daily habit for me. Sometimes I'll actually go work out just because my reward is that I get to drink momentum afterwards. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, It's delicious. Subscribe. I drink it every day. You can check them out at MomentumShake.com. 
Again, that is MomentumShake.com. They have some incredible resources on the website. So if you're considering, uh, you can really do a deep dive into their sourcing, into each of the ingredients and why they are so impactful on your health and well-being. And if you have any questions, please feel to reach out to me at Michael Trainer online. I'd be happy to share. It's one of my favorite new discoveries. This episode is also brought to you by Upgraded Formulas. Upgraded Formulas I discovered uh, as a result of a hair test that I did through them, which basically shows how you are doing in your mineral absorption. What minerals are in your body uh, and where is that impacting your health, your energy levels, uh, and your optimal wellness. And much to my surprise, I discovered that I have huge heavy metal exposure, which has profound consequences if it goes untreated, potential neurological consequences, you know, dementia, cancers, a lot of really gnarly uh, consequences. And so I was elated, not that at the results, but that I actually discovered those, uh, those high levels and have now taken action. And I've been working with Upgraded Formulas and their, their founder, Barton, to basically optimize my mineral levels as I reduce the stressors on my body and put myself into a position to win in my detoxification of heavy metals and also in optimizing my metabolism, getting my thyroid in balance, getting my, you know, my cortisol levels down, my stressors. I've been incorporating a lot more magnesium into my morning and night routines, which has actually increased my deep sleep, which I'm noticing has had profound consequences on my energy. I uh, personally am also working on their natural boosters for testosterone to get my hormones in an optimal way. And so if you're looking at optimizing minerals, which are so important for your overall well-being. If you're looking at optimizing your hormones, if you're concerned about heavy metals and detoxification, definitely check out Upgraded Formulas. It's UpgradedFormulas.com. And please go ahead and get yourself that test. And or they have some optimal uh, packaging of different supplements commensurate with your needs, whether that be hormones, energy, detoxification. So check them out, UpgradedFormulas.com. And you can use the code PEAK or PEAKMIND for 15% off your order. Again, Upgraded Formulas and PEAK or PEAKMIND for 15% off. And now the amazing John Wineland. All right, welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I am here today with John Wineland. John, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I wanted to uh, to first off acknowledge that uh, I've been um, knowing of your work for some time, but the book uh, that you released uh, from the core has been something I've gone back to and revisited more than than most books. And I think in in these you know very mm, tumultuous times, I think there's 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 solace that I have found in in going back and listening to the book time and time again. And I know that you do a lot of of work around the masculine, you know, uh, yeah. and I know you distinguish that between sort of men and women, so to speak. But could you start by just 
talking about your your notion of polarity as it relates to the masculine and the feminine. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of you know, there's it's a it can be a very charged topic, and and normally it's only charged when people assign gender. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so I've been a big part of my work is to try to tease apart these kind of masculine and feminine qualities that all humans have, regardless of gender, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of sexual preference, regardless of gender identity. You know, we all have a part of us that is, um, that let's just call it, you know, lives in stillness, prefers deep, spacious, quiet, um, is, uh, tethered to or has at least an understanding of consciousness, right? That the, the unchanging sort of stillness in the universe, right? And, you know, and, and, and nature reflects this as well, right? When you, when, you, when you look at the universal makeup, we're basically, the universe is ba basically made up of emptiness and energy. Mm. That's it, right? And yeah. so right down to the atom, <laughs> right down to the atom. And so, so the masculine in all of us is the part of us that relates to, identifies with, feels at home in that spacious, grounded, expansive consciousness. Right? Mm. We all have that in us. We all have consciousness as part of our makeup as humans, right? We're aware that we're alive and having this moment. We're aware that you know, that, that energy is moving around us. We're aware that we're having a conversation. We're aware. And so that awareness is, you know, the essence of our masculine. So everybody has a masculine essence, that part of us that is unchanging, right? The, um, the way my teacher used to describe it is the part of you that is the same now as it was, you know, at four, Right. And the part of you that's the same, you know, as you know, I would like to say even before you were born, the you before you were born. So that masculine essence, uh, we all have it, men, women. And then the feminine in us is that in us, which is really identified with energy, all forms of energy, right? The, everything from pleasure to emotion to um, desire. I mean, all of those things to just feeling life's pulse. Right? And so those of us that are more at home in the pulse of life, in the movement of life, in the expression of life, you know, we, we relate more to that's the feminine, right? So the, the and, and again, all natural phenomena have a masculine and a feminine essence. You know, I, I grew up as a Buddhist and the Buddhists um, say that the mystic law, God, they would call it God, but the mystic law of the universe has both a latent meaning a kind of a, a, a non-manifest aspect and then a manifest aspect, right? Mm. And so that is an example of a spiritual um, definition of the masculine and the feminine. And so polarity is when one of us, if we're going to just make that art, was when one of us decides I'm going to, I'm going to amplify my, my masculine essence, my depth, my grounded consciousness, my spaciousness, my stillness, I'm going to ground in that and I'm going to release, you know, my attachment to energy. And then the other one of us does the opposite. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to amplify the energy, the desire, the expression, the incarnation of divine love. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ground in that. I'm going to express that. And when two people 
however they identify sexually, do that, they create this arc of energy that is known as sexual polarity. And so, you know, it's like, if you think of, you know, two magnets, right? So the, the stronger the pole of each magnet, like the, the, literally the more turned up each individual magnet is, the stronger that arc of attraction between the magnets, right? So in, in mas good masculine work and in good feminine work, at least in this framework, the more your magnet is turned up, the more you are actually attracting the opposite pole. And, and that's, again, that is gender neutral, you know? It, it, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so for those listening, in the context of both relating, I would say to ourselves, but also relating to that which we seek to attract. In this context, let's say, um, you know, that's a masculine and feminine sexual essence, regardless of gender. Yeah. Um, it seems like conflict arises or energy dissipates when someone really isn't in their, their essence, isn't in there for lack of better yeah. term. You know, you talk a lot in the book about depth, right? Isn't, isn't yeah. in their core and yeah. or both are kind of replicating, you know, the same polarity. Like they're not, they're not, you know, um, they're not, uh, they're, they're, they're not bringing about that balancing, so to speak. Each is, yeah. each is operating on the same side of the spectrum. Yeah, they're more they're more like neutralized magnets. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So how how do we, you know, because obviously we live in a in a culture that's rapidly changing. Archetypes are changing. You know, uh, uh, you know, as, as you talk about in the book, and I, I think we can all acknowledge. You know, they're thankful. Thankfully, there's you know the rise of the feminine and the feminine in the workplace, etc., is all happening um, in many places. Um, mm -hmm. however, oftentimes, and I can say this speaking to a lot of my female friends, uh, who are badasses, powerful women mm -hmm. taking care of business. They also still want something, at least, you know, many that is sort of core masculine. They're not getting in their life, right? Like there's a feminizing oftentimes, if you, if for lack of a better term, I was, I was just with two Swedish women and they were like in Sweden now it's like, when a man will net won't even ever, uh, ever approach you it's actually totally up to the women now and and, it, and there's a sort of a feminizing of that polarity and the women are are embodying more of the traditional masculine role and yeah. so i think there's a lot of for lack of a better term just a lot of confusion right and yeah. And, yeah. and good people still still wanting to do the right thing you know i can yeah. speak from personal experience i definitely identify as a masculine in my essence but mm -hmm. i'm also for lack of a better term, uh, an empath, highly sensitive person. Like I have a deeply yep. feminine aspect, you know? And so yeah, I definitely too. don't want to, I don't, I don't want to step on any toes of the feminine. We're obviously mm -hmm. in the context of the me too kind of generation. And, and so it, it, it's hard to know how to operate, right? Where it's like many of the women I meet are like, actually, I want a man to be a man and step into his power. And yet yeah. at the same time, there's this heightened sensitivity around like, Oh, even if I don't do anything wrong, you know, maybe there's a trigger evoked and then there's just like a lot of, I think, fear. So yeah. how do you see in this in this kind of very amorphously evolving mm -hmm. landscape, we 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 come into that place of depth of, of who we truly are and, and, and kind of navigate um, gracefully as best yeah. we can these yeah. these evolving dynamics and archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I read a lot about this um, in the book and in my second book, uh, which is called The Art of Sacred Intimacy. I write a ton about this. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I think we need to zoom out 
you know, for just a moment here for your, for your listeners and, and, and say that a lot of the changes that have happened over the last 50 years are, are very healthy, right? For example, men becoming more emotionally available, men becoming more intuitive, more empathic, more compassionate, less hard driving, right? Um, all very good in, in, in human development, right? <clears throat> and, and the opposite too, like women, you know, taking the bull by the horns and claiming their place in the world and pushing forward their missions and, and, and driving, you know, driving their own success. Also very healthy. Um, the problem is, is that when that those sort of, those aspects of our masculine and feminine don't translate into a sexual polar, sexually polarized relationship, right? So we should be able to, once we learn, you know, for, for example, I've worked with a lot of women. I ran a women's program for many years. I have a lot of women in my, my co-ed programs. And when, when, you know, a lot of women have that same complaint that you're just talking about, like I'm, I'm, I'm kicking ass all day long. I'm leading all day long. I don't want to have to lead my relationship all the time too. (laughs) Some of the time, right. But not all the time. And, and so, so the more powerful a woman is in her, let's say professional life, what I've seen is the more she needs a deeper masculine presence in her life to take charge of the um, connection, to deepen the connection, right? Not to lead her in her life or tell her what to do, or, you know, she's doing that just fine, but to have a real depth of masculine presence and core, um, you know, stillness, you would call it, right? To really, she needs a deep man. The, the, the more she's leading in her life, the deeper the man she needs. This is what I've seen and heard from hundreds, if not thousands of women. And you know, and you can make the, you can make the opposite argument just to say, the more on purpose a man is, right? Um, and he has a masculine essence, right? The more in his mission, you know, on purpose, the more energetic a feminine partner he needs to, mm-hmm. to sort of nourish and balance him. And so what, what we're working with now is what we could call an agility, an energetic agility, meaning te- teaching, you know, I've, I spend a lot of time teaching people like how to go from, you know, very deeply still, rooted, present, sort of mountain kind of energy and then into flow, right, or into feeling, right? And ultimately what we're looking for is we're not looking for only here's the other distinction only in sexual moments of or relational moments where we want maximum polarity we're talking about a very small amount of time per week right you know like so the, this this framework this skill set is for the time that you want to create that deep juice that really deep energetic arc it's not the rest of the time when you're in the office or taking the kids to school or you know what I mean or going to church or whatever you're doing you're not going to I mean you maintain a certain level of that you know openness and flow but you amplify it in the moments of energy of relational and sexual expression so to learn that skill to be able to go from for women for example to be able to go from hard driving you know holding a lot leading a lot to then going home and being 
fully expressed as a feminine being, as desire, as as yearning, as um, pleasure, right? That takes an energetic agility that a lot of women are, are really working hard to learn. And, and and on the opposite side, it takes men, you know, for men to go from being, you know, same same kind of thing. You know, you have so now you've got we're we're both men and women are both more masculine and more feminine. So we're more the same. <laughs> we're more the same, which is very healthy and great, except in the bedroom, right? <laughs> yeah, except right. in the bedroom. And so this, and, and this is what people are now in the last few years are waking up to realize like, oh yeah, it's great. We're more the same that men and women are like getting more equal in the way of being, but we're, we've lost a certain juice in our, in our relational experience. And that juice is incredibly important and nourishing to make you know relationships m magic, right? So that's what we're navigating. I hope that was clear. I, I went on a long diatribe. No, no. I think it. it's it's super clear. It's 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 really helpful because I think, at least in my listening, what you're talking about is we are in in, in many ways moving more more towards, for lack of a better term, equanimity in regards to yeah. our relating. The challenge is there are certain essential aspects that thrive in polarity, yes, primarily exactly. of which yeah. is is the sec is, is is that sexual chemistry, for lack of a yeah. better term. Yeah. And, and what I what I like in the distinction you drew, which I which I hadn't somehow consciously thought about, is that it's not necessarily all the time, right? It's not like you've got to be yeah. in your. Um, you know, I used to think about like active and passive context yeah. of active and passive masculine, active and passive feminine. It's not like you have to be in, in one all the time. Uh, it, it's actually creating a context, a container uh, for that for that uh, charge. For example, as I'm understanding it, to thrive. Um, yeah. yeah. And I know a lot of the work that you do is actually around this notion of depth and 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 that. And, and in, in, for lack of a better term, encouraging that awareness, right? The breath of like breathing into where you are, breathing into what is being called for in the environment or in your partner. Yeah. How does one how does one train themselves in your in your worldview to know when that moment is 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 wanting to emerge? For lack of a yeah. better, how how yeah. do we train ourselves in the listening to know the music that wants to to sing, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a great question um, because that's ultimately the goal, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and as I say a lot in my book, the goal is integration of, our, of both our awareness and our sensitivity, you know, our masculine, our awareness, our capacity to be aware and our capacity to be incredibly sensitive to the environment. And so there are different practices and different modalities, many of them I teach, you know, in my programs, but they're many other places to learn these um, that both expand any human man or woman or other any humans capacity to be more sensitive both to our own emotional experience and the experience of the environment and the experience of others right just we, we can turn our body on to feel more right to feel more and then we can also turn our body on to deepen into the moment and, and, and be in that still space of listening, right? So there's a, both are required, that integration in all humans is required to, for wholeness, <laughs> for a, a healthy wholeness, right? And quite honestly, very few have it. Yeah. Very few have it. And so, um, 
you know, especially men, women are ahead of us. Women are way ahead of us because, you know, they've, they've been, they've been working in the realm of, you know, we've been warring, accumulating, dominating, you know, for 99.9% of our human history, men have (laughs) with little pockets of, you know, in spaces of wisdom cultures where they really work on this. But in the Western world, you know, we've been, we're way behind. So, so women are ahead of us in, in this capacity to feel more. So all this going to your question, right? The more we develop our capacity to both be tethered to conscious awareness, to the, let's call it the field of awareness. Rupert Spira would call it the field of awareness through which our lives are happening. Like every moment is emerging out of a field of awareness that so we're aware life is happening. This moment is happening. <laughs> that field of awareness is, is a, the core masculine essence, right? So the more we're aware, the more we're grounded in that infinite space of awareness, and the more sensitive we are, we will start to receive cues of, oh, her heart is closed, or oh, he's, he's malnourished. Or, oh, um, she has a resentment that, that needs to be cleared. Or, oh, my children are sad. Or, oh, my company needs this. Like, there's just, we're just more ninja, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. right? If you can imagine a ninja, like, feeling the environment. Well, they fucking train their whole lives to do that. Totally. And we don't. We're watching our phones, right? We're watching right. our, you know? So, so we literally have to turn up our martial meditative yogic capacities to feel more and then be rooted in awareness so when you're rooted in awareness and you're more sensitive you're just going to feel what's off like what's not open what's not loving what's not what's not conscious what's what what's bound right and then you'll you'll I'll give you an, a, a concrete example sure my girlfriend and I were going to this hike we love here in Sedona last yesterday afternoon. And I could feel she was just kind of agitated, you know, and I could feel there was something brewing and, and I could feel it because I, I train in this and I, and I'm very sensitive to her emotional body. And I'm like, baby, what's going on? Like, I, I know something seems, and she was like, ah, oh, you know, no, it's nothing big. You know, she didn't want to bring up a resentment or, and I was like, no, there's something there. Like, let's, let's just unpack it. Like we got a little drive, like, just tell me what's going on. And then she proceeded to tell me, like, you know, something that had been irking her about uh, something that I did or had done a couple of times. And she just, like, unpacked it. And I listened and I reflected and I owned where she was right. And I did all the things I try to do in my book. I tried to talk. I was like, okay, where is she right? I owned that. I didn't get defensive. I didn't make her wrong. I just kind of listened and let it unpack. And then by the time we got to the hike, we were just, it was all very clear. And she was very grateful that I gave space for her to share her truth. And, you know, I knew, I knew that that was happening because I'd been doing the work for 15 years to feel that it was happening. Um, and, and that's a really good example of how, how this kind of new paradigm of, you know, I would call it leadership, but it could be in a man or a woman or anybody, of, of really feeling each other and being aware of what will bring the moment, what will bring the connection back to a deeper space of love. Mm. I think that was incredibly beautifully articulated, and, and I like that you gave an example. And, and what it evokes for me, 
and I don't know how resonant this will be with those listening, but I imagine for some it will. The question then comes for me, you know, to what degree is there a presence? And so in that feelingness, right? So as and as a deeply feeling man, I will say that what's interesting is I notice a lot of people. So you actually evoked in your partner, and I'm sure there's there's a myriad of dynamics in which she evokes, etc. But yeah. you evoked a context of conversation in which that that sort of the unspoken was was brought to words and it was released, and that and that sort of tension dissipated. Yeah. There's another context in which um, we enter into a place. I, I haven't talked about this publicly, but I, I have a new word that I've discovered, which is which is what I would call trauma bombing. Uh, and and yeah. and and I have had an experience lately where I'm sitting with a woman, and without context, um, she will start to share her deepest traumas. You know, like I was just with a woman the other day, and she was like. Uh, without, you know, I'm, I'm not betraying any confidence because no one knows who she is, but she was talking about, you know, her dad was killed by the mafia and, and uh, rape, being raped and drugged. And I was like, I, and, and I don't even know this woman very well. And, and I was right. just like, wow, okay. So, and, and for me, the, what then comes up is, uh, um, so I have a tendency uh, in the past of being sort of a martyr and just like, okay, give me all your shit and I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've realized is in my life, I've also now I'm actually trying to develop healthy boundaries where it's like, and by the way, not to dismiss someone or just cut them off, but, you know, where I'm like, wow, you know, and I don't know the proper way to handle this. But what I've been exploring is I really, you know, feel you. I, I deeply empathize. And also, um, I'm a highly sensitive person. So, like, I'm just I don't know what to do with all this, but I want to hold space for you, so to speak. And yeah. at the same time, uh like wow, why am I attracting all these you know super intense, out of context like uh, you know like <laughs> dumpings for lack of a better term, right? So yeah. so yeah. how how does one also and and how does one also effectively, for lack of a better term, hold a boundary so that they can stay? Because what I what the the long term consequence of that is in some ways, while there is an awareness. It feels like that awareness gets filled with other people's yeah. crap, for lack of better terms. So, well, so, 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 so what you just described was yeah, her lack of feeling and sensitivity and awareness. Yes. Right. Right. So, so there wasn't. She was more in the pattern. God bless mm. her. Right. She was more in the pattern of just like dumping, you know, her, you know, life trauma, rather than feeling. Is this the moment for that? Can right. this person handle that? Has he consented to that? Right. And sometimes it's sometimes setting a boundary just sounds like, hey, I know it sounds like you went through a lot and I, I'm not available for I did not. Cons you can even say I did not consent to be part of this, you know, this part of the conversation. Right. I, I'm not open to receiving your life's trauma. We don't know each other well enough. Right. Which takes balls. <laughs> yes, it does. But but at the same time, you're kind of serving her. Yeah. In that moment, you are. You're like saying, hey, like, I, I, I understand you want to share everything with me, and I, I think that's beautiful, and this is t a little too much information for me right now. Maybe when we yeah. get to know each other better and in a different context, you know, I can hear this, but right now I can feel my nervous system kind of getting jangled, and I, yep. I just want to, you know, I just want to ask if we could table this part of our conversation for our second or third or fourth date, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Something yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
That's and then how she said. responds, just, just, just for the little dating tip for everybody, when you set a boundary and you set it kindly and you set it as artfully as possible, how she responds will tell you a lot about who she is as a prospective partner or him. Him, you know, I mean, this is for everybody, right? So yeah. that's how I would have done it. But you're pointing to our general lack of awareness. So if someone is incredibly feminine, then what she will want to do is just ex be in expression a lot, right? That's mm -hmm. just the, so feminine men too. Like I actually have a, a, a very strong feminine. I'm very expressive, but so it, the more feminine someone is, the more, the more expression is their, you know, you know, way of living, way of being their priority, what they really, they want to be fully expressed. If they lack a, 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 a proper masculine. And when I say a proper masculine, I'm not talking about the ability to kick ass and drive and set goals and da 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 da. I'm talking about the awareness piece. Mm. So there are different aspects of the masculine. The feminine has taken on many, right, right? And feminism kind of promoted this like, go into the corporate world, earn as much, you know, take, you know, become just as, as you know, potent as, your, as men are. And, and again, that's very healthy, but that's only one, not that's not actually the highest form of masculinity. The highest form of masculinity is the, is the feeling awareness that we're talking about. And so, so to be able to embody consciousness is the deepest masculine practice, right? To be able mm -hmm. to embody love is the deepest feminine practice for all of us, right? So what we're seeing in women just as much, and I, I know this because I coach a lot of women, is, is they, they're, they're, they haven't cultivated, let's say, the higher form of masculine practice. So they, they're missing awareness of how their emotionality sometimes or how their expression, and of course, men have the same problem too sometimes, right? How it impacts a moment. Mm. Right? That's a big it's a big thing. So what you've seen also in a lot of men is they'll just, they'll just start dumping their wound as well without being aware of, is this opening the space? Is this yes. the proper time and context for this space? So this, this, what I would call sacred masculine practice to cultivate a feeling awareness is not just a men problem. <laughs> it's, right. a, it's a problem with all humans <laughs> and, and very few have done the work to cultivate it. Yeah, you, you, you spoke about this in the book, um, yeah. where, wherein, you know, a woman will, you talk about a man, uh, uh, my recollection is coming, sort of coming home from work and, and wanting to dump. And there's a very different distinction between just dumping and saying, you know, I can't remember the exact words you use, but saying, honey, could you, you know, sort of hold, for lack of a better term, hold space yeah. for me. I you just need, I need a few minutes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I need a few yeah. minutes to sort of like, you know, like let go of the day and then I can, you know, sort of step into being fully present. And mm -hmm. I, and, and what, it, what it evokes for me is just a greater courage in, you know, the word is overused these days, but sort of inauthentic, I think, communicating in regards to like what's, what's up for you and alive for you, which I think 
we also move through these transitions, right? Like you talk about, for example, the workplace and obviously greater equality in the workplace, but like oftentimes people are taking their workplace persona and, and there, there isn't really a healthy divide between I walk through the door and then I have, and then I shift yeah. into a different aspect or archetype. Yeah. It's like they're bringing, we're bringing, you know, we're bringing these, these, these parts of our day into the next. And that context may actually call for a different aspect of who we are, a different attunement, a different listening and yeah yeah attunement exactly and 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 that's actually that that metaphorically so i've i've been getting my ass kicked by writing my first book and and it's all about sort of the music of relationship not necessarily Mm -hmm. romantic relationship but but what is the song that wants to live in the space between two people so it's very Mm -hmm. much about this notion of of attunement Mm -hmm. and how we become instruments for that song and and i feel like in a lot of what we see in culture, it's like people are just coming in blasting their song. You know, it's like I am Metallica and I'm just getting, you know, as opposed yeah. to yeah. like in a symphony realizing, hey, wow, there's a lot of beauty in the silence, you know, between the notes. And, and mm-hmm. we, we, when is it time for that instrument mm-hmm. to come in most beautifully and eloquently? And, yeah. and, 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 and so there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of declaring or a lot of soloing without yeah. a lot of necessarily symphonic uh, sort of resonance, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but, but w- and you, you, talk, you talk about some of, some of the tools that I would call attunement tools. For example, you know, I think you talked about like the four core needs uh, of, of, of men. And, and I, I know for me, at least, nature is, is one of my great attuners, you know, going into you yeah. and I were talking before we started about the Eastern Sierra, which was, is one of my favorite places to get back mm-hmm. in tune. But can yeah. you talk a little bit about for the masculine, and if you want to talk about the feminine as well, that'd be beautiful. But how yeah. do we come back into a sense of attunement or back into a sense of center in ourselves so that we can actually have a greater awareness around what's called for in the moment? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would call, I would, I would use a different term for what you're describing, which was nourishment. Right. Mm. And so, and so when we're empty, you know, when we're depleted, when we're burdened, exhausted, overworked, Right. It's very hard for us to tune into the environment or others or, you know, our loves, you know, Mm -hmm. but when we're nourished, uh, we have a lot more capacity to to feel to to feel and then to be generous in our in our response to what other people need. So nourishment for the masculine, I think I, I outlined four particular ways. One is time alone with no demand. Right. The masculine in all of us needs to have time with no demand, <laughs> um, which is not scrolling social media. It's like just no demand, looking at the ocean. <laughs> the ocean doesn't want anything from you, and yet she's filling you with her energy, right? Her negative ions, her, you know what I mean? Her, all of her beauty, all, right? Um, time with no demand, especially in nature, right, is, is, is the other one. Uh, time with other men or masculine beings, right? Uh, and, you know, preferably in nature with no demand. <laughs> so, so those things literally uptake our dopamine, um, uptake our testosterone, literally replenish our tanks, refill our tanks. Um, the fourth one is 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 your feminine partner is a is a form of nourishment that's always available as well. And then there's certain ways to work with that. And so that nourishment allows for greater attunement, you know, if we're paying, again, if we're paying attention, if we've cultivated the 
we haven't talked about breath yet on this, but but I just want to make a plug, right? Yeah, because <clears throat> because the single most important thing that any human can do to become more aware, to still their nervous system, to turn on their feeling body is breathe, <laughs> is breathe deeply. I mean, we're always breathing, but to consciously expand your breath into your lower abdomen, into your heart area, and really just deepen and slow the breath. If that's it, all that anybody gets from this podcast is deepen and slow the breath so that you can be more ninja-like, that's great. <laughs> so, so could, could you actually, John, because, and the reason I love that you're bringing this up, um, yeah. I actually uh, felt called to earlier this week based in part on your book, which I want to thank you for, mm-hmm. and also just had a, uh, an insight in my breathwork uh, class that I, that I was going to do a breathwork certification. So I actually just started my own oh, wow. sort of deep, deep breathwork training. But wow. I would love it. Uh, you know, I've done breath work with Wim Hof and Laird Hamilton and a variety of others. I'd love it if you if, if you if you actually are open to it, just even even if it's a very basic prompt, but if you yeah. could share a breath exercise and it could be very brief, but that people yeah. could listening yeah. could use to tap back into that that nourishment or that attunement. Yeah, great. And this is super easy and it really only takes two or three minutes to totally change your neurology, your brain chemistry, to totally ground your body, right? Especially important, you know, in heightened forms of stress. So if we imagine, let me just set it up, you can imagine your pelvic bowl, right, your lower diaphragm, as the bottom of a balloon. And when you fill up a balloon, it expands in all directions, right? So your diaphragm literally expands in all directions. And so as you expand that balloon forward to the sides of your hips to just under your sacrum, and then you gently pull that balloon back up. So, and, and you can get, you can start slow, and then just gently pull that balloon back up. And then get a little faster and a little deeper. So let's just do this for a minute and just keep doing that and see if you can both deepen the breaths and make them a little bit more, you know, just automatic so there's no pause between the inhale and the exhale. Just really imagine that that balloon, that lower diaphragm is extending down through your genitals, down, literally touching the earth. And then as you inhale up, you pull, you pull that earth energy, as you exhale up, you pull that earth energy up from the earth. And so it becomes a very grounding practice of expanding deep, deep breaths down into the earth, kissing the earth, and then exhale, pull that diaphragm up and pull that earth energy up into your lower abdomen, into your genitals. Press down through your hips, down through your knees, down through your feet. Just really feel the contact with the earth as you do this. Think, let's just do five more rounds of that, deep and full. Exhale all the way out. Hold it. Let everything get very still. No thought.
and then in three, two, one, big inhale in. Feel your lower abdomen like a medicine ball, very heavy. And then in three, two, one, exhale. And just before you come back online, notice where you feel your awareness in your body. And most of the time doing this just for a couple minutes, you'll actually feel more space in your lower abdomen. You'll feel your center of awareness won't be your thoughts so much as your lower belly. Mm -hmm. And that is a very fast way, you know, the lower belly, either in a woman, her womb, <laughs> lower abdomen is her womb. Mm -hmm. In the man, it's your dantian, you know, your power center. And so just taking a couple minutes to breathe into that takes us from living here into living here. Mm. What a beautiful state shift. Is that something that you invite, for example, um, you know, we talked, for example, about demarcating space or creating these moments of, of, for lack of a better term, I would call it sort of the moreness, the more that wants to live, that, that, that sort of possibility mm -hmm. and potential, that charge, that polarity. Do you ever invite someone to tap into their breath, or, or is that is there a gracious way to do that? Obviously, with a partner, you have a context, but um, it's it yeah. seems like it it may it may be a little too because sometimes I think, like you said, like just as a conversation can sometimes be a little too intimate too quickly. Perhaps breath mm -hmm. could be, if not gracefully done, too intimate too quickly. And at the same time, it's it seems like such a powerful state shifter from which yeah. to evoke a new tenor of conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think there are contexts where it's appropriate. Yeah. Yep. But I, I would always encourage us to start with our own practice. And, you know, especially yeah. for those for those watching, if you just did that two or three times a day, your entire nervous system would shift. Mm. If you do this, when you start to, if you do just deep pelvic, all I'm doing is deep pelvic floor breathing with a little bit of a grounding awareness. But if you, and if you want to really get high, do it for five minutes at a very rapid and deep pace. And oh my God, you'll feel so good. And, wow. and, and so it, it really is a very, I mean, they're proving this now that breath does all kinds of things to our parasympathetic nervous system, to our brain chemistry. Like we are literally up leveling our state in very measurable neurochemical ways very quickly. The problem is, is that most of us don't commit to a consistent all day long returning to our deepest breaths. But once we've done something like that, for example, just for a few weeks, it starts to become a normal approach in our, our body just normalizes it and we just breathe deeper all the time. Then if you're in, let's say you're in, you're on a date, you know, let's say you're on a date, right? And the person you're with is talking very fast or is very animated or, you know what I mean? Or very like, you know, just kind of not fully grounded. Then this is especially important for the masculine partners, right? If you want to deepen the moment, deepen your breath and the moment will follow. Hmm. If you want to deepen the moment, all you have to do is for, you know, very, you can be covert, <laughs> you know, just, just deeper, you know, just nice, just expand a little bit, expand the, lower your inhale, mm. just, and, and your partner will not because of mirror neurons and just because of the way that we are relationally, will start to catch on 
eventually, it might take a couple minutes or three minutes, but eventually it will just deepen the space you're in. So I guess the, the quote from that is, you know, deepen your breath and then the moment you're in will deepen. And that's yeah. true in a relational moment, a sexual moment, when you're out alone in nature, um, you know, any in it with somebody who's having a trauma experience, all of that is, is very true. Yeah, you, you spoke about uh, in the book a moment where, uh, if I'm recalling correctly, you were on actually a date and you could kind of feel the date moving into the mundane. Is that, is yeah. that, that was the sort of way I heard it. Mm-hmm. And uh, at, at least my recollection was you, you actually paused it and you said, wait, you, you sort of stopped her in the mundane, kind of the, the direction of the downward spiral. And you're like, yeah. I want to feel you. And, you. and you stepped into that conscious kind of moment and that yeah. led to, a, 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 as I understood it, a greater depth. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, that, that desire of the masculine and the feminine, that, 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 that impetus or desire for depth, and how when we feel, we can consciously feel ourselves moving more into the frenetic fray or, or out of presence, how we can arrest those moments and, and, and encourage that greater depth? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the, the you know, we, all humans, regardless of how we identify, right? Like we're, we're craving deeper love. Yes. You know, we're craving a deeper love connection with our friends. We're craving a deeper love connection with our, with our lovers, with our children, right? Even with nature, right? With the, with the earth itself, we're, create, we're craving it. We're craving it. And the key component to that is to slow down, mm-hmm. you know? And so you slow your speech, Take a breath in between, you know, like slow your speech, like plant your feet a little more firmly. There's literally, your body is an instrument for this connection. And when people actually start to learn how to use their body in a moment to instantly shift a connection, like in the story you were just talking about, it's fucking revelatory. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it really is. You're like, oh shit, like I didn't know I actually had that much agency. Yeah. I didn't know that I could take a, I could like a a moment just by softening my eyes, by slowing my breath, by talking a little bit slower, I could deepen um, a moment or an experience with somebody else. So I think the thing, I think what I I said in that date, and and I don't recommend this, was I, she was talking and I just looked at her, I looked at her eyes and I said, stop talking for a minute. And then she was kind of shocked and I said, you know, I, I want to I feel you. And then she stopped and we breathed together and looked at each other and smiled and had a beautiful time, right? So I, I don't recommend that at home, you know, because I could have gotten slapped. Um, but, but I think we all have this untapped agency that is our body. And when we can learn to, again, bring awareness to this, let's call it the speed of our nervous system, mm. we, we instantly have capacity to shift uh, the depth of a conversation, the depth of a connection, uh, the depth of our own feeling body, um, the depth of our sexual experience. It's, 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 it's fucking magic, really. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I learned this from my teacher 15 years ago, it basically changed the whole direction of my life. And I think most people that come to my work they stay because they have that recognition like, oh, this is a skill set that nobody teaches us when we're young, unless we grew up, you know, in martial artists in some with martial artists or yogis or someone really deeply attuned to this. 
And this is a skill set that as I deepen and as I expand, everything in my life will start to follow suit. Um, and that's why I still am very much in the work and very much teaching this. The notion of depth or the notion of actually being committed to this work seemingly changes all aspects around you, not just your relating with, for example, your partner, but yeah. um, but but also your your relationship with the world. And and yeah. you know, there's a lot of talk now about you, you know different modalities around the correlation between your beingness and what you create in the world, right? Like, yeah. I think we, we've moved out of an antiquated notion of like doing equal, you know, you yeah. know, once I, once I accumulate or acquire, I'll be happy, right? Like once I have the house or the certain amount of money, then I can't you know, tell you how many people I coach that are <laughs> very rich and yeah. still very inside satisfied. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is, this is the, this is the, the sort of the secret sauce I feel like, because if we're, for lack of a better term, uh, yeah, I just was re-listening also to a conversation with Bill Perkins, who's another guy down in Austin that wrote a book called Die With Zero. But what I liked about what he talks about is he's, he's talking about optimizing for fulfillment, right? Which I think is another conversation which is sort of implicit. I think all of us, what we're deeply yearn for is fulfillment in love, in, in how we show up in the world, in, in what we're actually looking to create out of this life. But we're, but we're, many of us are, are trying to climb the very wrong ladder to get there, so to speak. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and it feels to me like um, some of the tools that you're, that you're bringing to bear, a lot of these are ancient practices that you've yeah. kind of brought into a modern awareness as well as um, kind of your own take, if you will, on, on these polarities and, and how we can be in the dance uh, in mm -hmm. a beautiful way. Yeah. But to me, and and you talk you, you you talk a little bit about this in the book, but 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 it, but that dance around you unfolds in very different ways, not just in the context of say a partner, but in the context of of how the world sort of orients around you. Can you talk a little bit about that, like how the depth of our embodiment uh, correlates to the world outside of us? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was a that was also a revelation for me because I I came into this work with my teacher, um, a man named David Data. I should mention right who, you know, very well known, and I worked with him for fifteen years. Um. So the the revelation that I received is when I heard him say like, everything changes when you are deeply resonant with the core aspects of your being the core aspects of your being uh, love and consciousness right and when we are more tapped into basically what that means is we just remember through our bodies more that we are love and consciousness you know that's all it means you know it's just we just remember more times a day nobody's there all the time unless you're you know maybe you know the dalai lama or somebody and i'm sure he has his bad days um but the more we remember that we are love and consciousness, the more the world feels that because there are so few that actually are committed and embodying that. And I, I, you know, I might remember that 10% of the day, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's up from 3%, you know, 15 years ago, right? So I'm just like making very incremental, but, but, but even that, um, changes my relationship to the it changes how much I feel the world and how much the world feels me mm -hmm. and so people want to give you more money 
Um, people trust you more, you know, romantic partners trust you more. Uh, you know, people want to know what you're doing. <laughs> people want to know what you're experiencing. And I have friends who are not teachers, who are not, um, uh, you know, influencers or, or voices in this. And I have watched their careers skyrocket as they have just gotten deeper into their bodies and into their connection to the divine. It, it's, it's, it's really quite amazing. Um, and so, you know, I always talk to men about this in particular because men are always strategizing for success. Like the masculine, the masculine impulse is to win. I want to win yep. with her. I want to win in the world. I want to win with money. I want to win on, with influence. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. And we're always like thinking and plotting how to fucking win. And I've been telling men like the ultimate strategy to win is presence. Yes. Presence is a strategy for victory that is very underused, you know, and and it's a really powerful, potent thing that you do have control over. Mm. You know, you don't have control over so much of, you know, what presents in the world, but you do have control over your nervous system and your presence and your breath and where you place your awareness. Yes. And, and, and so that is a strategy that I'm constantly trying to get men to remember. <laughs> also trying to remember it myself. Yep. And, uh, and, and, it, and, and it does. I mean, people just feel you different. And you yes. feel them different. You know? what, what it evokes for me is, um, is the samurai, right? Like the sort of the code of the samurai. Obviously, many people think of samurais in the context of battle. And, and not to overly romanticize it. But what, what I... What I what I love was actually was way more than than sort of it's this notion of feeling into obviously there's a combat aspect but there's also the calligraphy there's the tea mm -hmm. there's the idea of of deeply training so that you are so present to the moment um, you are listening to the music beyond the music you know um, you, we, we live they in were a great florist too it, Yes. Yeah, exactly. Great floors. I, there's a man yeah. I loved. Uh, I talk about this because I think, unfortunately, you know, you're very familiar. You lived in L.A. for a long time. There's a lot of uh, what I would call fake shamans out in the world, which which makes me very uh, uh, upset. But long and short of it is there's a man I, I, I've, I've sat in an EP in, in Sweat Lodge with. Uh, that is uh, his name is Jerry Nelson. And he's a he's Dine. Uh, not far from you in Sedona, I think. Uh, but uh, an incredible man the way i describe him is it's like it, it's imagine you're sitting next to aretha franklin on the bus you'd have no mm. idea unless she started to sing of the of the mastery that is that is that is present and jerry yeah. you know he didn't wear any feathers there was no adornments trucker's hat t-shirt you know but mm. the depth of his presence was so profound and when he would sit in the in the lodge you know it was like you know, he would share stories, but it wasn't this prescription of like, you know, this is what it was like. He was listening to the words that were being shared. He was listening to the words behind the words. He was listening to the body language. And then he would share such that everyone could warm themselves by the fire of the presence yeah. that wasn't even necessarily about him, but yeah. it was so profound. And, and it, it, you, you you know it when you're in the in the in the in in the presence of it, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but but do you have a I don't want to say a codified notion, but for those like, wow, you know, like I know it when I feel it, but I don't necessarily know how to get there. Um, do you have, you know, you talk, for example, about um, the pillars of, of sacred intimacy, which I'd love to talk about in a bit, but do you have pillars of presence? Like, do you have, do you have yeah. context around, like for those listening, like, man, I know it, but like, I don't, I forget how to get there. Or like, how do I train myself in presence? Like what, what is your, what are your sort of pillars of presence, if you will? Yeah. Well, I, I would call you know, there's kind of a five step, I think it's five or six step process. And I make the distinction between being present, which we could think about in an Eckhart Tolle sort of way, like sure. having a mind awareness of this present moment, yep. right? Which we could do by listening, by listening to the sounds of the moment, by really feeling the, you know, the presence of the moment and by not being in thought, right? That's an Eckhart Tolle, that's being present to the moment, yep. right? being experienced the moment. That's different from what I would call embodying presence. So being present, you know, it's, I would call it one aspect of it, but to embody presence is to literally take present, take the present moment and make it real through your body. That's what embodiment is, to take a concept, whether it's presence or fierce love or devotion or what, you know, king, I mean, you can, it's, it's limitless, right? Um, and you make it real through your body. That's, it's, it's, it's a shamanic practice of shape-shifting, really, mm. <laughs> and, and incarnating in an energy that you consciously choose. So embodied presence um, is I'm going to make my body an instrument of this present moment. So the way that I would, I would teach men to do that is to first ground, well, you know, first feel down into the earth, like press your feet into the earth, press your spine into the earth, and make a connection to the earth. Then begin that breath practice that we just did where you start to breathe deeper into your lower abdomen, right? And so now you're grounded and your breath is expanded. Then feel your heart, which is like make a very deep connection to the physical energetic space of your heart, really feeling the depth of your heart. Then <clears throat> feel the deepest part of your, of you, like the part of you that has no beginning and no end, right? Then feel out, <laughs> feel the space. So it's this five part practice. I outlined it in the book. You ground yourself, you deepen your breath, you connect to your heart, you feel into the deep, unchanging nature, the core of you, and then you feel out into the space. And when you do that, you are now literally making your body uh, um, a transmission of presence versus just sort of making your mind aware of the present moment. Mm. I, I hope that makes sense. It's a little esoteric, but I think you know, for the most of your people will get what I'm saying. I, I think so. It, it feels almost like, uh, perhaps this is an improper analogy. I think it's inadequate, but almost like becoming a tuning fork. Um, like you, you're both an agent of bringing tune, but you're also in. You're also a receiver of frequency, yeah. and 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 um, deeply aware. I think that that's the piece, and, and I love that you talk about this in, in the context of what men need. And you and I talked a little bit about Yosemite, but I I remember very much being in Yosemite. And instead of hiking all the time, I actually, when I take moments where I am in that deep, just I'm sitting here for 30 minutes, I have no agenda, I'm not looking at anything. And I remember it was actually at Yosemite when I noticed like the environment became 
as an input into the environment, it became attuned to me and I became attuned mm. to it, right? The yeah. birds started to, to sing differently. Uh, probably the most poignant example of this was being in Patagonia and I, I rode with two gauchos and released 50 horses to pasture. And it was, mm. it was my vision, my dream. And, 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 and I sat for about an hour and slowly the horses started to envelop me. They welcomed me. At first, they were kind of standoffish, but as I as I made myself part of the environment and, and attuned myself, they sort of enveloped me and surrounded me. I couldn't. It was the loudest silence I've ever heard. I couldn't hear a thing. Mm. There wasn't a person for miles, and mm. I was surrounded by these horses, and I just started to cry. It was just like mm. I just started bawling. Mm. Um, but but that's what it's evoked for me. And when you talk about that, is those moments of like really. Um, entering into the the more of the of, of the moment and the, and the environment around you yeah well you become resonant like a very deep 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 resonance you yes. are very resonant in that moment with those animals right yes and so we become resonant transmissions of consciousness grounded i would call it the grounded expanse of consciousness mm. and um, which is a, which not only relaxes our nervous system, but literally if, if you're in a relational moment, it relaxes their nervous system. Mm. So if we were just going to tick this up from a resonant moment to a sexually polarized moment, mm. what we would do is we would then begin to feel our feminine partners. I'm talking about the masculine practice here. So we would start to feel our feminine partners. We would actually give them, we would penetrate them with that gift of conscious, expanded, expansive presence. And, and I can tell you from watching this in workshop after workshop after workshop for 15 years, that they literally feel a very deep sense of being, you know, penetrated is a, you know, can be a charged word, but I'm talking about energetic penetration of consciousness, right? They feel loved, felt, seen in a very, very profound way and it immediately creates this sort of polarized sexual experience. So we can take, we can both cultivate these capacities, right? These skills, these are like skills, like learning yes. to play piano, learning to play guitar. These are skills, we can cultivate them and practice them and then either be resonant in a moment, like you could be sitting on a rock you know, above Nevada Falls, you know, playing guitar and just, you know, expressing resonant beauty with the, with the moment, right? Or you could be looking into a, a partner's eyes, playing guitar and transmitting into her the deepest part of your heart, right? As a, as a gift. So these kind of gifts, you know, can be utilized to deepen love, to deepen mm. the connection that we're talking about. And that's why practice, I'm constantly harping on people to actually not just read the book, you know, but actually, you know, do the practices in the book. Like, you know, go, go to my YouTube page and do practices, go to my virtual workshop and do take the practices and do those because it's not, you can't play a beautiful guitar unless you practice guitar. That's right. So. Yeah. I, and, and I know we're, we're, we're drawing to a close. I want to reiterate kind of that. The book is absolutely incredible. I, I can't remember the last book I've read three times in, in three months. Um, so definitely recommend people listen. You, Thank you. I, I personally listen, uh, but, but, but read, listen, get the book. Um, yeah. 
in terms of, I, I just wanted to, as we as we as we draw to a close in the next several minutes, uh, you talk in the book about the three pillars of sacred intimacy. Can you, and I I know that there are a lot of people out there that will be interested, and I know you do a lot of work in in sexuality and polarity, and obviously maybe a conversation for another time to go into the fullness sure. of it, but. But yeah. can you talk a little bit about those those pillars of, of sacred intimacy? Yeah. Um, so the, 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 you think of these pillars as holding up a temple, right? And if one of the pillars is cracked or shorter than the other or crumbling, the sacred temple that is your love <laughs> will be weakened, right? And almost always what I see when I work with couples is that one of these pillars is in that state, right? So the first, the first um, pillar of sacred intimacy is actually the practice of intimacy, to, to, to become resonant with each other, to recognize each other's both humanity, sameness, heart, you know, I have a heart, you have a heart, I get afraid, you get afraid, you know, I, I have desire, you have desire, um, I, I'm, I'm scared sometimes, you're scared. I mean, just to recognize our humanness but also to recognize the divine nature of each other. You know, that, that, that oneness that is at the heart, you know, we are all divine beings, you know, expressing God as self through, you know, we're all that. So intimacy are the practices of recognizing sameness. And they could be everything from vulnerability, vulnerable communication, intimate communication, to eye gazing and, breathe, and, and resonant breathing. But they create a sameness, right? The, a, human, a humanness. The second pillar is devotion. And devotion means that we are especially devoted to, um, kind of like my example with, you know, with Madeline yesterday in the car where I talked about like, I could feel she was tense, right? And I didn't necessarily want to hear about resentment, <laughs> but I knew one was there. And, and you know, luckily I, I, I you know, try to practice what I preach. You know, I, I'm devoted to, to, to her nervous system, to down-regulating her nervous system, to giving clarity, right? And so this is where the rubber meets the road with a lot of people, is to be devotional to another's nervous system more than your, yours in the moment requires a deep generosity, a deep devotion to love, right? And it will often mean you're not getting your way, you're not getting to be right, you're not getting your pillow fluffed in the exact... It, 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 there's, a, there's a real selflessness to it. There's, a, there's an altruism to it. There's a, there's a devotion to making sure that they are not in fight or flight but rather they are grounded and calm and, 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 and safe in the moment, right? So that, that takes something. <laughs> and there's a oh, whole, yeah. I mean, I'm writing a whole second book on, this, on this, this, these pillars, right? That takes something. Um, and there's a bunch of practices for that. And then the third pillar is what we've been talking about today, which is this, the, the arc of sexual polarity that happens, you know, when we are properly in the sexual yoga of recognizing our feminine and masculine poles and then artfully turning those up and playing with that. And when you have all three of those pillars, you know, well fed and, and, and well held, the relationship, the magic in the relationship is just spectacular. And, um, wow. you know, and I've seen it now in enough couples, right? And so, so but again, it takes, it takes a very, there are three different skill sets 
that each take a tremendous amount of work to, 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 to cultivate. Um, but, but, but when you do, it's, it's pretty spectacular. Wow. Um, so profound. Um, definitely want to delve deeper. I can't wait to read the second book. Um, for those, this is a little closing out because I, I think uh, there's definitely those who are who are in partnership that will find that that presence valuable and uh, that that notion of those three pillars. Mm. As as someone, and and this is you know we, we don't have time necessarily to go into all of this, but one of the things that um, I admire about you is it, it occurs to me that you are you are continually. Uh, committed to that that process of presence and and in that process um, open to you know what is evoked what what wants to live and I guess one of my questions is in the context of those listening like myself to speak a little selfishly who are looking to call forward right and and recognize you know I, I had a dear friend of mine and this is not necessarily that profound but you know, they say, oh, you want to call forward your, your ideal partner, write down all their qualities and then go off and be those things. Right. Um, instead of instead of just saying, OK, I got to look for that outside myself. How can we how can we be those things? Mm -hmm. But but in the context of those who are looking to both embody that aspect of the masculine or the feminine, depending on where you're where you're you know, what 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 you identify with where you're listening for me the masculine but call in a divine feminine counterpart do you mm. have any insights around um that Wendy. bird song so to speak yeah, and, yeah. uh yeah, if, yeah. That, if that makes sense yeah well i first of all i love your 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 friend's suggestion i think that's beautiful and yeah. i would add also make a list of the opposite traits mm. right so if you want i mean think about it because we're talking about polarity right and so right. if you want let's say you want someone who's highly energetic right you want a feminine partner that's highly energetic you're going to be able to have to cultivate deep stillness mm. right and, and and so in some instances yeah of course we want someone who's devotional right right but what devotional means to a masculine identified human and what devotional means to a feminine identified human is often different so it's important that we, yeah, we think about, you know, when, if we want to, like, so depending on what you want, like you may want to attract someone who's just like you, not super polarized, you know, relationship, but just, you know, kind of then, you know, that's a different thing. But if you are a masculine identified being and you want to attract a feminine, a deeply feminized being, then deepening in your masculine attributes, right? Learning to deepen you know, learning to deepen in a moment, learning to ground, learning to be able to lead your own nervous system, learning to shepherd your own feminine. You know, I mean, I write about this extensively in the book, but learning the attributes that the, it's called currencies, mm. the currencies of the masculine and, and building your kingdom. Yeah. You know, building your kingdom and, and, and both internally and externally. And that's, that's what I would say, you know, like, let them appear, <laughs> build your kingdom internally and externally. And then when they appear boldly, I'm, I'm speaking a lot to men too, but boldly ask, you know, like, like, wow, like you, you, <laughs> I want to get to know you. Um, that's my dating advice for a lot of men. Skip the apps, build your fucking kingdom, 
internally and externally. And when you see her in front of you, don't hesitate. Yes. And for, for, for women, you know, it's a very similar thing. Like if you want a king, you know, build your queendom, right? But also become the, at, the attributes that a very masculine man would value deeply, would want to dedicate his entire life to in devotion, right? Openness, um, the capacity to feel, the capacity to bring intuitive wisdom, the capacity to bring magic through the body. The, you know what I mean? Like all of those things can be cultivated as a feminine partner. And when we become the traits that the opposite values, we just naturally become more valuable, more attractive. Um, it's not rocket science and it's not really physical. It doesn't have to be physical. You can be an incredibly radiant being and, you know, not be the typical physical, you know, supermodel, right? Mm. You can be, you can be incredibly like the guy you were just talking about, a yep. deeply present man, yes. you know, and not be, you know, not be the, the typical physical version of that. Right? right. So, you know, these are highly, um, you know, workable skills that we any human can start to deepen in and so that would be my that would be my dating advice to uh, to close it out yeah. i love it i love it john where can people uh find you and your work yeah um johnwineland.com but i want to make a special pitch i have a i've spent the last eight years uh, creating a it's a virtual workshop it's a subscription we have about 500 people from all around the world i do group coaching calls I have hundreds of hours of practice on that and you can get on it for free or it's pretty like it's pretty cheap, right? It's an easy way to get into the content. And so the John Wineland virtual workshop, streaming workshop, there's a thousand hours of workshop content. I, I film every workshop I do and so every, all, there's tons and tons of more content, but there's also hundreds of practices that we've clipped from workshops. And it's just a push and play thing where you can literally get into the work right away. All lot thirty something breath practices. You know, I'm very proud of it. I'm very amazing. Proud of it. it's got amazing content on there and amazing practices. And so, if people resonate with this and they just want to try more, the virtual workshop is a great place to start. Beautiful, John, and that's at johnwineland.com. Yeah, johnwineland.com slash streaming. But if they just do John Wineland virtual workshop or they go to my website, they'll see a page for it. Yeah. Beautiful. John, yeah. I, I want to acknowledge your commitment to uh, the more that wants to live uh, in, in the masculine and the feminine. And uh, I greatly, greatly appreciate your, your work and your insights. Thank you, man. It's been, it's been a nice conversation. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with John Wineland. I know that I did. Phenomenal insights. Um, I'm going to deepen my work with him. I definitely recommend you check out his uh, site and his book. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to send it to someone you think would get value from it. I'd also love it if you left us a rating and review. They very much help us to get incredible guests on the show, and I want to continue to add value. Uh, also, if you haven't subscribed yet or followed the show, it would mean the world to me as this community has changed my life. And my intention with this work is to help uh, foster 
uh, great information and transformational possibility for you and yours. So sending you so much love. And until next time, have a beautiful day.